That thing just drives me crazy. I'm old fashioned. <laughs> Where's the chalkboard at? <laughs> this is my favorite time of year. And uh, over at our house, we have a whole bunch of apple trees, like just shy of 50. And uh, I just, you know, all the apples are coming in this time of year. And we make schnitzel and apple cider and applesauce and canned apples and all those sorts of things. And uh, just really enjoy this time of year. And uh, we just got back from vacation on Friday and uh, had a bunch of stuff to do with the apple trees. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to have to do a lesson on being fruitful. <laughs> so... so the idea of the lesson tonight is, is that what must we do to bear fruit? That's, that's the whole lesson. And uh, as usual, I just got a few points here. But one thing we know about, we talk about apple trees or pear trees. You know, apple trees only bear apples, right? Pear trees don't bear apples. You can't graft an apple branch onto a pear tree. It won't work. Some some trees you can you like a like a plum tree. You could you could graft a peach branch onto it. Those are very similar trees, but apple trees you can't put anything on them but apple apples on them. And in order for you to get apples, you know it's got to come from an apple tree. And in the same way. If we're going to bear fruit for Christ, we got to be part of the Christian tree, right? If we're not part of that tree, we're never going to bear fruit. So, our first, our lesson text basically for this evening, we're going to look over in John chapter 15 and just read the first eight verses. Kind of lays out what we're talking about this evening. John 15. Jesus talks about being the true vine. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is a vine dresser. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire. And they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So let's let's dig into some of that stuff. One one thing that I take out of this text is, is that in order to bear fruit, you have to be in Christ. And that's just a super basic concept. And there are many in the world who are not in Christ. And the reason I think, especially in the in the in the quote unquote Christian world, we've got a lot of denominational churches, 
doing a lot of good things, right? Nobody could deny that, that, that different groups out there are doing things that are really good. But the problem is, is, you know, you can't good yourself to heaven. And really to get to heaven or to be in Christ, we have to do what the Bible teaches. There are many churches out there that, that, that teach this idea that, that belief or faith is the only thing that we need to, to get to heaven, to become Christians. All we need is just this belief or faith in Christ. And uh, they might use this text, and I, I've heard this, you know, I grew up in the Baptist church, and I've heard this a thousand times. You know, they'll use John 3.16, you know, that, that God so loved the world, and, uh, you know, and the idea that, that belief in that fact is, is, is the only thing that we need to justify us. And then they'll use Ephesians. This is a, a key text the Baptist church uses all the time. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of, its, of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And they would use that to say, you see, you don't need anything but just belief to be in Christ. And I don't totally agree or totally disagree with some of that. You have to have belief or faith to be in Christ. Absolutely. But there is no one thing or one part of salvation that stands by itself. Right? It's not... When we start trying to make this this doctrine of this one thing alone saves us, you know, we have to ignore other things in the Bible, because you know we could we could come up with a doctrine of confession alone saves us, right? You don't even need belief; you just need to confess. And I'll, my text is going to be Romans ten ten, so I'm going to build up my new doctrine, right? Romans ten ten. He says, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. To get to be saved, it's confession that really matters. Right? I can build a whole doctrine based on that. Or we can build a doctrine based on just repentance. And maybe we'll use our proof text of Acts 11, verse 8. So Acts 11, verse 8 says... But I said, not so, Lord, uh, do I have the right? I do. Acts 11.18. It said, when they heard these things, they became silent and glorified God, saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. See, and my new doctrine, it's only going to be required to repent, to turn away from sinful things in order to be saved. What, what I'm, I'm kind of, this is silly what I'm saying, but the idea is, is, you know, there are some out there or many people out there who have built doctrines based on one concept of salvation. And, and by doing that, they ignore all the other pieces. And I always like to think is, you know, there's the, God has given us all these different clues of what we need to do to be saved, right? And we've just talked about a bunch of them. Is belief part of being a Christian? Absolutely. Is confessing that faith to others? Absolutely. Right? 
we wouldn't be a, we wouldn't be much of a Christian if we were afraid to tell somebody that that's what we were doing, right? That's that's why he said that. So that's why confession. We confess that we believe that Jesus, the Son of God, before we're baptized. But we continue to do that throughout our lives. We confess Christ as we go on in our Christian lives. Is repentance important? Absolutely. We have to turn away from sinful things. And the one, the one sticking point that a, a lot of people, and I don't know why people are so uh, get so worked up about baptism, because it's not, it's not some crazy. I'm not asking you know you're not God didn't tell us to jump off a building. Being baptized is not a difficult task to do. In fact, all you got to do is just be there and hold your breath for a couple of seconds. Whoever's doing the baptizing will get you back up out of it. Right? You really don't have to do anything except submit to it. But it's all those things together that that get us into Christ. So when we think about being fruitful to Christ, the first thing we have to do is we have to be a Christian. We have to do the things that God has required for us to be considered part of his family. Not really that tough to do, right? It's all pretty basic things. What's another thing that we might want to do to be fruitful? I'll tell you one thing is, is when you become a Christian, you have to stay a Christian. And I think sometimes that's the harder part of this. You know, we, we, oh, that's why so many people fall away because, you know, they, they, they get into it and they realize it's a lot harder than they thought to, to turn away from sin. It's a lot harder than they thought to persevere. Luckily, we have some helpers out there. And I think the, at least for me, you know, the, the thing that, helps me the most is found in Second Peter. And, and I think if you're struggling with growing or staying faithful as a Christian, if we look at Second Peter chapter one, there's an there Peter gives us the instruction book on how to be a Christian right there. Second Peter chapter one. Starting in verse five, Peter tells us how to become a Christian or how to how to how to grow as a children as a Christian. He says, "But for also for, for this also very reason, he says, giving all diligence. So we got to give some attention to something. He says, add to your faith virtue. So we've we become a Christian and we we are now we're faithful. What is a virtue? Somebody tell me what virtue means. What does he mean?" Add to your faith, add virtue. What is that? Absolutely. In fact, that's what I have written in my Bible. I've underlined virtue and I wrote moral excellence. That is the first thing you want to work on, right? Being a moral, when you got your faith, now you got to work on being a moral person. When you think you got that under control, you move to the next thing, right? Add to your faith virtue to virtue knowledge. How are we going to get knowledge? Maybe by reading God's word a little bit. Maybe by showing up to Bible class once in a while. 
You know, those are all things that can add to our knowledge. We're not going to get it by osmosis. You know, we've got to actively work on it. He says, to knowledge, self-control. Ooh, that's a tough one sometimes. Sometimes we do things we ought not to do. We give in to, to things that we should have resisted. That happens to everyone. We say something, we say something mean to somebody that we shouldn't have. Right? Self-control covers a lot of different things. We've got some knowledge. Now we need to learn how to control ourselves. That can be very hard to do sometimes. He says to self-control, perseverance. Right? We can't just give up. We've got to keep working at it. It's not something you just do you know, once in a while, but you've got to persevere. Every day you've got to continue to work on these things. To perseverance and godliness. You know, are we modeling our lives after Jesus? Right? Are we looking at the other examples of godly men in the Bible and modeling our lives after that? Are we looking at Examples of godly people we know and modeling our lives after those those examples. We need to do that. To godliness, brotherly kindness, right? We've got to we've got to treat others, you know, like their family members, especially those of the household of faith. You know, we've got to do the best we can in treating people right. To brotherly kindness, love. We need to love love the brotherhood. In fact, we need to love sinners too. Christ did. And we need to love them too. When we're talking about how to stay a Christian, you work on this list and you'll stay a Christian. You you persevere and you study this and you try to apply these things to your life. It'll make a huge difference. Huge difference. I like in verse 8 where he says, For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He brings it right back and we're talking about fruit. He says, you want to you be fruitful? Do these things. These, this is a list of things you need to do. Our last point this evening is, so now we're in Christ, and we're, 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 we're staying that way, right? What kind of fruit should we bear? Pears, apples, rotten fruit, <laughs> that happens sometimes, right? One thing I and this is one of my, my favorite verses. It's all the way back in Genesis chapter one and verse eleven. Where it says, God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. I like that verse because it lays forth a principle, but still in effect today, that trees and animals produce after their kind. Right? We 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 can we don't have any um, we don't have we, we've never figured out a way to cross two different breed or two different 
um, species of animals together, right? We can, we can, you can, uh, what a horse and a donkey that makes a mule, but but mules can't reproduce. Right? We've we've never figured out a way to make you know corn tree corn plants grow lemons. You know the the principles that God put in place from the beginning are still so. Things bear after their kind. In the same way with Christians, right? We, if we're in Christ, we're going to bear fruit that would show that we're part of that tree. We would bear the Christian fruits. Branches in Christ produce Christians. They don't produce anything else. Paul and so let's look over in, uh, in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. In verse 8, Paul says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, there's anything, if there is any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. That's another way that you could, you could stay a Christian, right? That you could stay in Christ, follow those instructions. He says, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. I mentioned this briefly, but, you know, there are examples of Christians that we can look to to know how we should behave. Right? Paul points that out. He says, hey, notice the things that I did while I was around you and imitate that. And I know other Christians in my life that I've known that, I look to them and say, okay, I need to imitate that person. And I, I have used this example before. There was a, there was a man at um, Barberton named Rick Craddock. He passed away probably 10 years ago. But he was one of those fellows that you could look to. And if Pat, knows, Pat knows who he was. You can could, you could look to this man and imitate the way he did things. And you can see Christ in his life. We know we know other Christians around us that are that way too. He wasn't the only one. There's there's lots of them out there. Sometimes sometimes we need to see a walking example of what of what Jesus was talking about. You know, when Jesus was giving us his laws, sometimes we need to see that. And and you can look around and see other Christians that are doing this. And use that as a guide. Right? You can read the Bible, and you can find, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, examples of godly people. Follow those people, right? Go home and read Ruth tonight. Hear about a godly woman. You know, read about, uh, you know, go to uh, uh, First and Second Kings. And first and second chronicles of read about Solomon. Read about King David. 
we can see men that, that lived a life rightly before God most of the time. Right? Men are all men are fallible. No no man is perfect except for Jesus. When we live a good Christian life, we're gonna bear fruit. And uh you know, Paul told Timothy that his conduct was important. Right, so if we look over at first Timothy chapter four. First Timothy four and in verse twelve. Paul says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, and spirit, and faith, and purity. Right? He gives Paul gives Timothy some instructions about how his conduct should be around others. Everybody is watching you to see how you behave. You know that? When you do something good, people will judge you, and when you do something bad, people judge you. Works both ways. That's kind of what Paul was telling Timothy. Hey, you know, you got to watch the way you act, because everybody's watching. And your good example is the thing that can turn somebody around. In fact, Paul gave that same instruction. Actually, it wasn't Paul, it was Peter. gave that same instruction to wives. Wives that would have an unbelieving husband. And that by their good conduct, they might be able to bring their husband, you know, to Christ at some point. That doesn't just apply to wives. That applies to husbands too, right? Husbands' good conduct can influence others as well. And finally, you know, us as Christians, we're supposed to be the light of the world, right? We're not supposed to hide our light under a basket. We're supposed to be out there showing people the right way to do it. You know, if if, they, if other people are looking at your life and they're saying, well, I don't want to be like that fella. You know, we're not, we're certainly not bearing the right kind of fruit. So, if we want to bear fruit in Christ, you know, the first thing we got to do is we've got to get into Christ. We've got to put on Christ. And we talked about the things that you need to do. And it ends with baptism. And after that, you need to be faithful. And that was my second point. You know, we need to, to work on the Christian graces. You know, we need to grow as Christians. We need to... Uh, do the things that it's going to take for us to mature. And when we're in Christ and we're doing the things that we need to do to, to maintain that relationship with God, we need to bear for it. We need to bring others to Christ. We need to teach others. We need to take our, our good example out and show others what a Christian looks like. A lot of people have a very negative view of Christians these days. It's our, it's our job to change that. Some, sometimes, sometimes I've heard people say some really nasty things about Christians to me. And uh, I've had to stop and say, you know, not all Christians are like that. You know, it, and it happens. 
the problem is, is, is Christians are people. So, of course, some, some of them are going to maybe do the wrong thing sometimes. But that's not the fault of Jesus. Right? And that's, I think, you know, sometimes we need to explain that to people. So, if anybody tonight is not a Christian and would like to be baptized, we have that opportunity. Or if there's one that needs prayers or any other thing, just make it be known by coming forward and sitting on the front pew.